0: Are you good, love? I think so. Are you sure?
1: <laughs> I think
0: so. I'm not so sure.
1: Me neither.
0: Alright. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you? ask. No, No. are you good? Please. Yeah. You good, good. to go, 100%? Mm-hmm. Alright, we are testing out some new mics, so I hope that they work out well. We've used them before, we have not used them for this. No. Right? Nope. so The fishing seminar, they did great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, great segue, we did not rehearse this. But that's what this podcast is. It is about the northern snakehead, which I've done my little bit of research, and I really can't pronounce Chinese words. The Yangtze, Yangtze River <laughs> basin is where they're from in China, and in Maryland, I can't speak for the rest of the East Coast, but in Maryland, supposedly in 2002, the first one was discovered in a pond in Crofton, Maryland. So, kind of a if you're familiar, excuse me, I got to slow down already. If you are familiar with Maryland, it's been a busy day. If you've been familiar with Maryland, if you've been, if you are familiar with Maryland, wait a second. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm. Now we're going to get good. If you're familiar with Maryland, it will be south of Annapolis, so the Chesapeake Bay. I used to, you know what, way back in the day, Capital Raceway was in Crofton, Maryland. Drag racing. yep, I would go to Capital Raceway. It was an old cement factory, or maybe it was a current cement factory. They also had a drag strip on it. Crofton, Maryland. That's why I know Crofton. Down route 2. And you know what? It's not south of Annapolis. Now that I think about it. It is between Baltimore and Annapolis. Crofton. So but really back in. It is. <laughs> it is episode three of the of the new Mondays. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna tr- give this a shot. So please let us know if you're watching on YouTube and or listening on any. Of the major podcasts Because this is the Pit Boss Podcast Brought to you by our very good friends At Molly's Place Morning Goods As well as In no particular order I can't I don't have any notes I can't remember my my alphabetical orderness Because okay. there's, there's there's D's in there I want to see uh, I'm going to start with Dirty Duck Coffee I don't think Dirty Duck's been, been first Dirty Duck Coffee, thank you very much Buck and Jay, a dirty duck. Thank you very much. I'm trying to. Th- I was already kind of thinking about what order that they are in. I'm going to go with duck water boats. Steve Hoover, duck water boats. Steve. Thank you very much. Crabs to Go will be at the end. If they were first. They've been first once before. I do know because of okay. C, the letter C. And you know, I do suffer from dyslexia. which <laughs> you say that I don't? But I do. Um, duck blind bistro. Mm-hmm. John Paul and Jay, guys, thank you very much. We appreciate your support as well as our very good friends at Crabs to Go. Mark, John, Dan, and everyone else at Crabs 2 Go. So, like rewinding this, this is a uh, again. Hopefully, if you like this on YouTube, please let us know if it's if this was entertaining, informational, educational, and/or any of the major podcast platforms. Please let us know um if this works out well I would really like to in August we have we had planned to try to do something very similar to this decoy related
2: yep
0: um but uh Northern Snakeheads, love you were there to help me thank you very much uh it is number one of a six part series this year uh at Molly's easily found on Route 213 in Kennedyville, Maryland on Maryland's famed upper eastern shore um we got David from Molly's Mike and Jimmy. Uh, they're gonna talk about snakehead fishing and were you well, I don't want to give anything away, but did you were you entertained? Or I did was. you did I, you enjoy it? I did. I did enjoy it
1: and I wanna go do it.
0: Actually I kinda because you said that on the ride home especially, it's kinda been on my although we got sixty two other things going on at one time, it is on my it is on my radar for sure. Um, and besides that we have not fished in forever. Yeah. No. I right. Think I might have forgotten. Oh, uh, side note to fishing. What happened? What did I have to first? When you're spinning reel, when you first, when we first fished together.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Well, not very first. Oh
1: jeez. What did
0: I have to do for you? What did I have to? How did I have to convert you?
1: Um. Yeah. So both, I didn't use a spinning reel. We're both
0: we're both right handers, right? Or righties. So what did I have to do?
1: I, I always, you know, had my my um, you know cranking wheel on the. I can't even remember
0: now. We called... You, you, well, actually, when I... So I... As a righty with a spinning reel, I actually controlled the rod with my right hand, mm-hmm. and I functioned you the reel crank, crank with, with the left. left. Okay. You did it where you flipped it upside down and were reeling with your... No,
1: I did not flip it upside down. Huh? I just I just cast with my left and reel with my right. But, and then
0: you would make me switch the, the handle over and to re-screw yeah. it on the other side. Yeah. And eventually, I just said enough of this, right? Yeah,
1: he... he um, Jeff wanted it his way, and that's the way we did it. Well,
0: you could just say that. I wanted, you to <laughs> no. talk. You could say that I wanted it my way, right? Yes. Okay.
1: But, yeah. Just well, because if we had to switch out rods, it became yes. an issue. Um,
0: Hundred yeah. percent. So
1: right. yeah, one of us had to change, and it was me. Yes.
0: Because that's the way that the ninety-eight percent of the fishing, the
1: spinning, spinning reel, reels. Yes. Fishing so community use, can do it. I grew up using surf rods. Right. So that was, you know, and I would cast and crank, cast with my left and crank with my right. Mm. So. All right.
0: The, the table, she's a little bit loose. It is loose.
1: Yes. Yeah, so just be careful. Sorry. I'm trying to do my um, news reporter mm. thing. Okay. Because it looked like I had fleas last time.
0: Yeah, you were like really itching. I know. And Well,
1: there was gnats. There you go again. I had gnats. No, oh, I'm doing that third.
0: We have a side note to all this. I, I think that the flies are a little bit better today. We did do a um 50-50 pine saw I look... Google? Uh, yeah. Well we've been we've been looking at it for quite a while to figure out how this how this happens. We do have a trap on the front porch that it says it'll hold 20,000 flies, which honestly, man, it's gotta be I don't know if it's 20,000, but it's gotta be five thousand that thing. That thing looks like it's <laughs> if it hits the ground, it's gonna go
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh please. The smell is nasty. The attractant it's is the something it's that's... Bait. Yeah, it's bait. Yeah. And it smells like fish bait. It's... Bleh. Yeah. Well,
0: actually, I think it just smells like
1: something rotten. Yeah. Crab bait, no Yeah.
0: All right. So, I do have to say that the flies are a little bit better, but yeah, you did kind of look like you were like napping it. Yep. Or fleas or something. I like did.
1: <laughs> so, I'm trying to sit still.
0: All right. Enough of us rambling, because I love to talk. I could probably ramble for mm-hmm. at least another hour. you You'll ramble. We are going to set this off. Hand this over to David from Molly's, and again, please if you watch on YouTube, leave us comments down below. And if any of the other f- formats that you listen to podcasts, I don't know how you can tell us yes or no, but and if at the very least you can go to YouTube and you can leave comments. Even if you hate it, text Jeff. If it sucks, let us know, right?
1: Yeah, just text Jeff. All right.
0: Without further ado, David from Molly's, please take it away.
3: Hello, everyone. Thank you guys so much for coming out. This is actually our first first fishing seminar that we're holding here at Molly's, so we really appreciate you guys coming out. Obviously, as the title says, we're going to be talking about snakehead fishing and try to get you guys out there catching some more fish, hopefully even eating them. Over here I have Mike. Over here I have Jimmy. Mike's actually our fishing guy pretty much here. Jimmy is actually a outfitter. He guides for them, bow fishing, rod reel, stuff like that. Um, so we're going to get into all sorts of those categories. Where do we want to start?
4: Hmm. You want to do bow fishing first or you want to do? I
3: will say bow fishing for the last because I okay. know fishing is going to take up the main
4: portion okay. of it. We can talk about, I guess, location first?
3: Yeah. Yeah, no problem. So where to find them? Truthfully, there's no secret spot for snakehead or anything like that. They're darn near everywhere.
4: Anywhere from the tributaries of the bay, ponds, lakes, they're literally everywhere right now.
5: Literally from, just from my experience, all the way down south, all the way down to Solomon's Island, Maryland, all the way up to the furthest north, you can get in the Elk River, Susquehanna Flats, all over the place. Just about any single tributary in the Chesapeake Bay will have snakeheads. I mean, every single Mm -hmm. river
4: best locations are like the heads of rivers and creeks far up as you can get the skinniest water is usually the best place for them um, honestly even stagnant looking water that doesn't look like anything would live in there chance there's there's probably snakeheads in there
3: and you'll be shocked by how little water they need to catch them I mean I've caught them anywhere between you know four feet of water to four inches of water
4: or their backs are actually out of the water
3: mm-hmm. That being said, if you have access to a boat, that's great, kayak, that's great, but you're still more than capable of catching them from land, biggest thing, shallow water, grassy, if you're really going for a topwater bite, those are awesome, especially structure, lily pads, trees, you know, as bad as it sounds, trash, like tires, anything they can hang around because they just like to come out of that structure to hit that bait, fish, whatever they're trying to get to.
4: So tidal areas, anywhere where there's tide, usually high tide, you want to fish for them in the shallower water like grass reeds because when that tide rises, they'll go into the trees and grass and you'll actually even not be able to see them, not even get to them, and you can hear them splashing and everything. Low tide, fish for them deeper. Of course, they'll move out of that shallower water when they feed and go out in deeper water when the tide is lower.
3: Yeah, yeah, and has anyone caught a snakehead yet? One, two? Okay. Sweet. So, you guys will know, when you catch one, you're going to be hooked because they put up one heck of a fight. I am a bass fisherman, true and true. I would much rather catch a snakehead any day. Their fight is awesome. Um, We're going to start talking about kind of the gear Mm -hmm. that we use personally to help us out. Um, Mike, you brought mainly bait casters. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So I fish usually two main baits. I usually have two main rods. You definitely want heavier gear when you're targeting snakeheads because you're usually fishing in the nastiest of stuff. This is actually um, a heavy action rod. I got 50-pound braid on there. This is my frogging rod because you're literally throwing in trees and grass and reeds and everything. You want to be able to hook them and get them out of there because they will wrap you up and break you off. Um, tight, you right on. Braid right on. I don't find that any difference with a leader or anything. They are not really that line shy. Um, next one is usually a swim bait if they're a little bit deeper or if I am just want to change up if I'm not really hitting the frog. A little subsurface. I do a little weightless or a weighted little swim bait here. Three to five inches is usually what I go with. Um, and you can fish that around lily pads, things like that. Um, it's really, really effective. You want a stout hook because if you use a light hook, they will bend out. Um, like I said, I prefer bait casting. You can definitely do it on spinning tackle. It's not needed to use baitcaster, but I feel like you have better torque and everything with a bait caster.
3: Now I actually have my spinning rod set up here. I mainly throw a fluke on it. It's a much more subtle action for very pressured fish. Gives off that wounded fish, that instinctual, hey, this is an easy meal. I'm gonna eat that. Now I actually have mine braid to fluoro this is a light setup so I have my drag real loose which is pro and con because pro is that your lines not going to snap con that fish is going to run with it because they are a very strong fish very very streamlined so they can move their body at full force and you can get tangled up in some nasty stuff that's the importance of the braid so like my frog and rod once again heavy action i think i have 50 40 40 or 50 pound braid on here
4: and i don't know if you're if you guys aren't familiar with braid braid has no stretch um as opposed to your like fluorocarbon or monofilm which had some more stretch braid has no stretch so if you set the hook it's going straight straight to the hooks and you are because they have really bony mouths if you when you guys catch them they have extremely hard mouths and it's hard to get a hook penetrated in it that's why stouter rods heavier braid low stretch You can really set those hooks and really very, very hard, like hard as you can and then some.
5: When they blow up, you want to make sure you set that hook very, very
2: firm. Mm -hmm.
3: We all all know the YouTube guys, when they put their whole body into that hook set and they look like they're going to flip off the boat. That's They don't have to go quite that hard, but that's not (laughs) exaggerating on how hard you want to set that hook. I can't tell you how many fish I've lost because it's like, oh, bite. It just doesn't penetrate their mouths at all. Thousand spit it,
4: and if you guys have any questions, feel free to raise please, your hand, and we will. Please, uh, so you don't know forget it. I just have one question. Won't they snap that line? Don't you have to have a metal? No. Mm-hmm. So their teeth are more like daggers versus like um, razor blades. So they don't. The, yes, if you, they can cut it, but you don't usually get broken off. So they're not. They're kind of more like daggers to grab onto fish and hold on versus more tearing and shredding. And what um, tip. I use. I like Power Pro. Um, but usually, thirty is my lowest. Usually, thirty to fifty, depending on what I'm fishing for.
3: I use Iowa J braid.
4: It, it's you're
3: gonna find that you're gonna have a preference. Nobody likes one line next to the next person. It's just whatever you have success with and feel comfortable with. That's the line I tell you to go with. You have
5: to put a worm on the end of that frog so that he
4: smells. Nope. You do not at all? Nope. Either just no bait, just lure fishing. You can use um, minnows if you catch minnows for live bait. You can throw them under a bobber. Um, that'll work too, but. Um. Okay. but oh, I have
5: to minnows and bobber is one of my favorite ways to catch them. Yep. Live bait is, I mean, don't get me wrong, Lures catch catch a lot of fish, but live bait, live bait just makes it a lot easier.
1: Is there like a certain season to catch them, like a good, like right now? I try fishing right now, but they're not biting right
5: now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird. My, my personal opinion of snakeheads, they have a—they'll have a time when they're breeding, and it's basically what we consider just lockjaw.
4: Like um, they, you will see them, you will throw right, everything in your tackle box. Breed. They
5: breed
3: numerous times. Three
4: to four times a year.
5: Yep. Depending on how warm it is. Where do they breed? Shallow. 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 Yep. Extremely shallow. water. Yep. A lot of times, like right now, I mean, we, we fished last night. I've seen, I don't know, 40, 50-plus snakeheads last night, and almost every single snakehead we've seen was paired up. They're breeding right now, yeah. and, and
2: a lot of times when they are breeding, they will not. Bite you can wild. throw everything, and, and they into won't. Into my tidal pond, Absolutely. And I see them in my tidal <clears throat> pond, and I've been trying to catch them with rod and reel in my tidal pond. I can catch them out on the river, and you know, when mm-hmm. I'm bass fishing, what have you. But when they come into my tidal pond, I can't seem to catch them. All. That's because they're coming in to breed.
5: Yeah, know? that's I mean, exactly they're what they're doing. Give, give, uh, give it another few weeks, as soon as they lay fry, they when, you fry yeah. yep. when you see yeah, When you see
4: the when you see the little balls of like shimmering water as their fry ball, they will do anything to protect that. So you can literally throw a stick with a hook on it oh, yeah. in that and they will they will destroy it. It's they get very territorial around that. They
2: actually come out of the water and will look at
4: you. Yeah absolutely. Well yep. yep.
5: so snakeheads a lot of the time they have to come to the surface to to get air. It's oh, not like okay. a normal fish. Right. Well, I've seen them go up on the land. And yeah. Up on the Absolutely. Plain. So we do, I'm also a commercial waterman. I do a lot of um, netting fish and they will not survive in the net for more than a day or two. They almost every time you'll come back to the net the next day and they'll be dead because they have to come to the top for air. Right. If it's a merchant net. So like we have pound nets and Right. Pound nets, they can come yeah, to the top. The as long as they can come up to the top, they have to get, they have because to. Because I see them come They're up. not like a normal fish.
2: Like I do a lot of bass fish, and I've worked yeah, sure. bass yeah. fish down here for almost 50 years. And when they come up to the surface, they see you, they go back down. Sure. Can't okay, I can't get them to bite. I'll flip Senkos, I'll right. put all kind of stuff in mm-hmm. there. They won't bite it. And That's since they do,
4: a since they <laughs> do actually yep. do um, breathe air, if you aren't seeing any snakehead up shallow and it's darker water, Look for the little bubbles that come up, because they'll get, they'll come up, get air, and they'll go down, and then all of a sudden you'll just see some bubbles come up. Chances are, it's either a turtle or snakehead. You'll see bubbles, literally, just bubbles come up like someone squeezed a balloon underwater. Little bubbles. Chances are, there'll be snakeheads there. Yeah, I like to do it. Some people tell you wait two seconds, three seconds. I usually as soon as I hear, I feel a little bit of tension. I just said it. I mean, hook sets are free. Hook sets. Really
5: personal preference. I
4: mean, hook sets are completely free. You can, if you're in front of your buddies, they might make fun of you for missing it, and the <laughs> frog comes at mock Jesus capacity. But, it's, it's all happened to everybody.
2: <laughs>
4: so, I prefer white typically. Uh, my I have three colors: either vibrant like chartreuse, yellow, or pink, white, or black. Those are like. My three. I'll throw a natural one in there. Like, I have my box here.
3: I usually throw natural, white, or if it's a sunny day and there's no cloud cover, I'm throwing all black Mm -hmm. because it creates a really strong shadow underneath of it to let them see it.
4: That silhouette will, if it's, like he said, it's very bright, that black shows up as a silhouette better for them to grab. Um, Also, bladed frogs, if it's sunnier, things like that, like, this is... A lot of companies are going to that because, as you informed me, snakeheads don't have the best eyesight, surprisingly enough. Um, That shorter profile versus a longer tail, they will eat that better and get the hooks versus coming up and grabbing the backs of the tails and missing the hooks completely. And plus, this in the water, it does exactly what it sounds like. They click, clack, and they do really, really well. This is a Spro. It's called the bronze Eye blade. It's so the
2: hooks are in by
4: the body? Yep, yeah. so it's yep. still weedless, no, as you can see, that. so the hooks are weedless. So yeah, okay. But as soon as they bite and collapse, those hooks are exposed. Yep. And that's another reason why you want to have a stouter rod, because these hooks are very stout, very, very sharp. Um, and they're it takes a lot of force to get them stuck in the mouth of the, the snakehead.
3: And if you're finding that you're missing fish, even with, like, a frog that size you can always downsize. So this is one, this is a Snakehead Outlaws. This has the little charmers on the back. That way, clacking, shine, everything the same, but with it being a smaller profile, even if it's a smaller snakehead, they can still fit this in their mouth. Because you'll find the little ones right now will still bite. Big ones, they're a little tougher because breeding, black jaw. Yeah.
4: And I like this little, it's actually a jackal frog. It's a super small profile, but it's still a half ounce. I added little blades to the bottom of it um, to get because these don't come like that. But as you can see, that one, I mean, this one is, I used this at your pond all last year. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it has teeth marks in it and everything, and it's still running true. Um, very, very good frog as well. Um, also, if you miss a snakehead, that's why I also like to have a swim bait tied on. If they miss it and you throw back and you won't catch them, Sometimes a little subsurface like a swim bait, throw in that exact area, run that by. Sometimes they'll just easily grab that versus coming back up and committing to a frog. Go deep. Yep.
5: You miss them a lot of times, snakeheads will go deep. They'll go deep or they'll, they'll bury themselves in the mud or they'll just go into the grass. Yep. You throw something like his swim bait, go deep and you get closer to them on the bottom. Mm-hmm. It depends how deep you are also. I mean, if you're fishing four to six inches of water, you're not. You're not. Much yeah.
4: Deeper yeah. But. Chatter baits. Another, I don't know if anybody, of you heard of chatterbaits. Uh,
5: Most of mine
2: are
3: on chatterbaits. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's the one beautiful thing about the snakeheads is that half the stuff you're throwing for bass, you can still catch snakehead on.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, chatterbaits are extremely, extremely versatile lure. They work.
1: So,
3: <laughs> yeah, so. So, this is going to be, this is why I have to. That talk. is this all is actually, chatterbaits. I was going to say, this is actually one bait by Addiction Bait. the one that we carry here. So basically, this blade, as it runs through the water.
4: So it has, it's a jig it head basically with an exposed hook. Back and forth. But with a jig uh, blade on it. So it vibrates, so gives this that, crazy action and that as it's will going through Go as like well. that in the water. And this whole bait will do that.
3: Yep. So the skirt moves on a regular chatterbait. This one is just time of swing. You want to pass that around to show people?
4: Swing. So this is a chatterbait.
2: You got a weight on your.
3: Yeah, so like I said, this is one oh, that's yeah. actually made by Addiction Baits.
2: I'm just gonna say, did you do that? Or did I you did not. No. Nope. way. Yes, sir. So I could rig that way. But I got plenty of those books. That's
4: to I didn't, that. I make that. Now chatterbaits don't work the best around any wood, just because they're prone to roll over and get snagged. Because um, that blade is cut out in the front, and if they hit that, it tends to roll, and your hook point will go straight in the wood. Um, Typically, I like it in grassy areas, um, more open areas, but they're very, very effective lures to catch snakeheads. Um,
5: they work really good because of vibration and sound. Snakes, mm-hmm. snakes don't like anything, or snakeheads, they don't like anything in their territory. They're very territorial fish. Mm-hmm. If there's another fish coming at where it lives or where it's protecting its young, that's when it will attack. Mm-hmm. So. Yep.
3: And if you are throwing a chatterbait, anything like that, that's kind of when you have to start worrying about what color should I throw? Where the water is clear, whether the water is dirty, mm-hmm. stuff like that.
4: Typically, the darker the water, either super dark colors, black and blue, or a super vibrant, like, chartreuse or orange or something like that, so they can see it. That darker color will contrast better in the darker water, and that vibrant, it will, you know, kind of show up. And then clear water, just more natural-ish yep. colors green, is what I like, – like Yeah, kind of like Yeah, like a darker and, green, yep. things like that
5: a lot of times what i tell people is when they ask how do you catch a snakehead act like you're bass fishing if you Mm -hmm, act like mm -hmm. you're bass fishing you're going to catch a
4: snakehead you if you're on a kayak or anything hit the shoreline just fan cast wherever you make multiple casts and another thing is if you don't catch one in one area come back in 15-20 minutes and sometimes there will be snakehead there always never give up on an area is what i find is make multiple casts come back later and you can catch them it's
3: and what you will see these snakeheads do a lot is, especially if you're fishing topwater, they will come out of that structure. You'll watch them shoot out. There will just be a straight V that comes to your bait, and then just stop.
5: Stop right before your bait. They
3: will sit there and watch it. Mm-hmm. That's when you want to be very subtle, slow down, a little twitch here, a little twitch, and then all of a sudden you'll notice it will either just nip at your bait, or it will full-on take it. Unfortunately, there's not really a way to control what it's going to do.
4: I've you had them sometimes- hope re- for the best. Then. <laughs> I've had them where they've come out of the water completely and just literally will skyrocket like a torpedo. And I've had them where just like a little, and they just- yep,
3: Just a little grab pop. It.
4: I guess you want to talk about kind of what to look for when, in areas, if you're-
3: We kind of went over that already. Okay. Structure, lily pads, shallow water. We already covered that part.
4: We want anything else? Marsh want?
3: grass, mm, marsh, yes.
4: Marsh grass <laughs> pretty you, much. How do you prevent them from getting snagged on the little sharp little hooks? So a lot of them are weedless. Yep. So
5: the hooks face in opposite direction. Like on the frogs, the hooks actually face up in the air. So when you're going over top of your grass bed and your weed bed, the hooks face up. So when the snake grabs the top of the hook it goes down. Like you said, they're weedless. They're so you weedless, can see it's um,
4: it's weedless, so the hooks are kind of attached to the body so they're not going to get snagged. And then as soon as that fish bites it, it collapses, so and those it hooks are. Pass that around, show sure some people it's. And sure right. a
2: stiff rod. Yes, because yep.
4: like I said, those, those plastics are fairly hard.
1: They're designed to be. Yep, and they float right
4: on the water. And they float right on the water.
3: That's awesome. Some of the gear that you guys can use that will really help you out. The number one thing I grab, pair of lippers.
5: As
4: yep. soon as you hook this on a snakehead, hold on tight cuz it will I mean, it will shake like yep. crazy and they they are very very powerful strong fish. Get yourself a pair of grippers if you don't have them if you're going to catch snakeheads. They are
2: break most of just plastic
3: scales. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just like a net. A net is vitally important if you are on a boat. I ran into it last year. We were actually fishing in a lake in Delaware with my father. Caught a snakehead, no net, we had a pair of lippers. Snakeheads have really strong jaws. If they don't want to open their jaws, they will not open them. You almost have to wait them out. So if you can net them, have them sit that net, let them tire themselves off to where you can get those lippers in, it's way easier. We ended up having, basically I went overboard grabbing this fish to put it in the boat. <laughs> So, don't recommend that portion of the <laughs> fishing. You
2: tell them how long they live in your live well. Or yeah, you know, that's the other thing. If you, you want to
4: keep them to transport them, you do have to kill them in the state of Maryland. You don't have to kill them if you catch them and release them in the exact same area, um, but they're preventing any more of the transportation transport. of fish. So, if you do want to take it home and eat it, you have to kill it um, where the bat comes in play.
3: I was going to say, well, we can talk about the pliers too. Yeah. Well, a lot of people will do. And in my personal opinion, it does improve the quality a little bit because it allows them to bleed. It's kind of like bleeding out like, you know, an offshore fish Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Bleeds out the meat a little bit. You can take your pliers, take out its gills. You do need to remove both sides of the gills. Just helps them go a little bit faster. That, or if you're like me and you're on a kayak and it's hard to get lippers and pliers as this fish is going about, you have the old billy bats. You'll be surprised what a one good whack of a bat to the back of that head. It will stop that fish from moving any further.
4: <laughs> and you will hear it because, like I said, they have oh, really gains. bony heads and yep. mouths and everything. It, it's a big thud. And-,
3: and that's the thing. It's not like you, know, you can take a knife and you know, kind of stab into that. That head is so hard. You actually, if you ever see a snakehead skeleton, you'll see just how big that plate is on the top of their head.
4: I heard you say you broke some knives often.
2: <laughs> I, I broke a yep. knife often, so I one time.
4: Yeah, it's... Yep.
2: They're very, very, very bony down. fish. <laughs> <laughs> they're very yeah. tough
4: and
2: very bony fish.
4: They're very good oh, eating, though. Real bony or just the
2: head? Yeah, they're bony. They're bony all the mm-hmm. way through. <laughs> But you can get some real nice strips of... Oh, yeah, you know, the, the almost. that's the fillet best
4: fillet part, is the whole... Mm-hmm. Almost from the head, basically, to the tail, it's a very thick fillet. So mm-hmm. it's basically where, you know, some fish, like rockfish or stuff like that, you get, like, it's the top, and it kind of goes down. The snakehead, it's the basically the entire length of the oh, fish okay. is a fillet.
3: And that's why they're so strong.
4: It's just that's all muscle.
3: All muscle. I personally think... I know... This is going to be crazy because I know how Maryland is with their rockfish and stuff like that. I will take a snakehead over a rockfish any day. Same
2: here. Mm-hmm. I, I have mean, to say that.
3: They are in very firm white meat, no okay. fishy taste. It almost kind of reminds me more of a flounder to where it tastes whatever you want to cook it like.
5: It's you flaky, can make, meat.
3: Yep, mm-hmm. you can flaky. make pork man lobster with it. You can bake it, you can grill it, you can swip, you can do anything with it. And the best way to get people into eating snakehead, don't tell them they're eating snakehead. Don't tell them, because they'll never know.
5: A lot of people don't like the name snakehead. Yep. Yeah, they want it. I'm not eating that. Try <laughs> it. Just, Just try, try it. it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yep.
3: They are a very slimy fish. They remind me a lot of a catfish. How slimy they are. That's another reason why the grippers come into such mm-hmm. a play, because you cannot hold them.
2: They're very strong.
3: Yep. yep. Very, very. Yep. How they can contort their body.
5: Mm-hmm. Weight to fish ratio, by far, I think it's one of the strongest fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you put a 30-inch rockfish up to a 30-inch snake, and they're extremely mm-hmm. Close
4: that's the thing the rockfish will get tired after a little bit snakehead just big yeah the snakehead will just continue to non-stop. non-stop
3: and you'll be surprised how big you can catch like we were talking about state records i know my personal best snakehead i call 31 and a half inch snakehead i wasn't able to weigh it unfortunately i wish i could have but it actually happened while i was on a fry ball I actually threw a buzzbee i was bass fishing threw it right over to fry ball. And now, granted, I'm probably exaggerating this because of the fact of how crazy it was to me. I could have sworn it shot water every bit of two feet in the air when it hit. It was the most ferocious, is a good word for it, bite I've ever seen. And after that, that's all I've really cared about. And you see people travel multiple states to try to come catch them.
5: They're addicted. They no. you know, no. are. clients coming all the way from Florida, so Florida has a different type of snakehead. The bullseye oh, yep. the snakehead. Bullseye. Mm-hmm. We have northern snakeheads here. They were actually introduced
4: in a pond years ago. in a pond a crofton. A crofton. Yep. Someone so had. Ha- I think they, they, they say that they, were,
5: that they they were transplanted. It's yeah. Dan already says one exactly.
4: pond in Crofton, and now they're everywhere.
5: Everywhere. Mm-hmm. They are very fast-moving fish, and they populate drastically. That's the they thing is they don't have times any times year, they'll, they'll,
4: big natural predators, fish. and they have thousands of fry-ball little fish, and think about it three four times a year, it's... it's
5: Added up a lot. However, there is a very good market for them, and there's yes. a lot of people targeting them. Mm-hmm. Between all the broad and real, the commercial people netting and then the bow fishermen, it's, a, it's a very... And a lot
4: of brands like companies have come out from it, like Snakehead Outlaws. Snakehead Outlaws, Addiction Baits, American Snakehead Company. I mean, there are people that I know some of them that have literally quit their full-time job and now make baits and live fine because yep. there's such a market for mm-hmm. snakehead baits and lures.
5: Huge market.
4: Mm-hmm. All right, I guess you want to talk a little bit say, about... You
3: want to talk a little bit about bow fishing, Jimmy? You know more anybody have I any do. other questions
4: right now or
1: charters?
4: Yes,
3: ma'am. I uh, I see your hand back there. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
5: one question, real quick. Yeah. What about
1: day versus night?
5: Fishing? I've never had a whole here. day versus night fishing. Fishing in the dark, I haven't had a whole lot of success, rod and reel. However, uh, if you make a lot of noise, like them chatter baits, that's the other thing. They're they ve- by, that, that noise is what they really are targeting at night time. Uh, personal yeah. opinion. Best time to catch snakehead is right at first light or right, at, right before
4: dark. And if you're ever, another thing, since they can be very skittish as well, so if you're coming up to a pond or a lake or anything, kind of walk slowly. Because if you walk up and make a lot of noise, you'll see a big cloud of um, dirt on the bottom, and you'll, mm-hmm. whew, the snakehead will just take off. So be very, don't just stomp around, kind of walk up slowly to either pond or lake or something like that. And, you know success doing that because sometimes you are able to walk up real slowly and see them and be able to make a cast and catch that fish that you see
3: and if you do ever see a fry ball good chance they may not hit on the first throw you may have to throw it at that fish you know ten, twenty 20 times it's kind of the same way a bass is they sit on that ball especially if you catch the first one because both pairs actually guard that fry. Mm-hmm. if you catch one going to take a lot of throws to catch that second
4: one and as far as lures in there i always start with a frog just because it's i think it's the most fun to catch snake snakehead on because you watch them splash and everything second is either a chatterbait or um like a swim bait is usually what i what i go for yeah. after that but I always start with a frog it's personal preference um and what i've had most luck on a yeah.
5: lot of, a lot of times top water actually is really good mm-hmm. top water, especially when you see them on top or you see fry balls poppers poppers work yep. so oh yeah that big splash when they see that splash they come they're coming mm-hmm. to inspect it and attack
4: it. yep so but it makes if you use a popper have that and have that because they will thrash and you will have treble hooks going every other which way and they'll end up in your legs arms hands ears everything It's. you don't want
5: to use popper in a heavy grassy area no. you're just going to get absolutely mangled in the
4: grass mm-hmm.
5: it's got to be you've got to have clean vegetation
4: mm-hmm.
5: you don't want vegetation Unless it's deep, if it's deep vegetation, it's
4: not sitting on top. Yeah, and that's any type of grass, any even that slime you see on a lot of like farm ponds stuff like that. I mean, I have a frog here that has still some of that hanging off of it from. I mean, it's still got that grass, that crappy kind of grass that's on the the top of ponds and stuff. They will be sitting under that to get out of the sun. And yeah. sometimes we'll go on the. It's any type of grass, reeds, lily pads is what I look for, for when I.
5: A lot of times, when you go to the backs of the heads of the creek or something, you see an area that is, you wouldn't even think a fish would live in it. That's where they're at. Stagnant algae on top of the water. Because
4: they don't need the oxygen from the water.
5: They come up to the top. They need the
4: the air versus the oxygen in the water. They don't have to have that oxygen. Any other questions? Please Mm -hmm.
3: ask away. Yes. Please. I want to let I want you guys to leave with full confidence of like I'm gonna go catch me a state record. You know what I
5: mean? <laughs> I'll get into the boat fishing side of it a little bit too. Um, I uh, boat fishing is just different. You're, it's nighttime. Ninety percent of the time it's nighttime. You're on a boat. You got lights, generators. Um, you go and find the fish. I mean, you're hitting cove after cove after cove. Sometimes we're fit, my boat will draft like five to six inches of water. I'm hitting logs and trees and everything with a trolling motor jumping over stuff. It's, you're in areas that went wild boat fishing. You're in areas that most boats can't get to. I mean, especially with an outboard or anything. Uh, My boat has a 36 volt, 112 pound thrust trolling motor on the front. I also have a 9.9 horsepower kicker on the rear and my big main motor, which is a 150. So a 150 gets me to the areas and my 99 kicker will navigate through the little bit deeper water and then I'll get into the real real shallows with the uh, patrolling work so um, on an average night I mean there's sometimes you'll hit 15 20 30 different coves just in a a few hours of fishing just because you can just try and find where the the congregation of them are Um, numerous different I bought a few different bows with me there's numerous different kinds of bows Uh, you have bottle reels a lot of people these are one of the easiest reels to use shoots out, you pull this, the reel, it reels in. You also have your spinning reels. They're basically like a regular fishing reel on the go. Uh, These pull out, just the line pulls, and then you pull the T-handle and it reels all in. Arrows, all your arrows come with tips where you can't get the fish off until either you unscrew the tip or you hit hit the release. They'll have a release on. So when your fish goes on, these Barbs pull out and they won't let the fish come out. When you actually hit this, barbs pull out, so your actual fish will slide off the hmm. I do a lot of bow fishing. I do some rod and reel here and there, but bow fishing is my thing. These guys are more of the
4: rod and. Reel. And don't think you need a boat to bow fish. I've uh, shot. Absolutely. I've shot plenty of snakeheads right, the right from the shoreline, sneaking the up on a pond that you know and seeing them just kind of sit there and. You don't need a boat, it definitely definitely helps, especially at night, but...
5: One of my favorite areas for shoreline is Blackwater. Yep. I mean, Blackwater's loaded with snakeheads, it really is. And you can walk the ditches, especially on an extreme high tide, you can walk the ditches down Blackwater and Egg. shoot snakes, I mean, 3, 4 feet from you. Yeah. A lot of people went to gigging. Like, we have these little frog gigs over there, you put them on, like, a 10-foot pole, you can reach out and gig snakeheads a Yeah. And it works very, very well. I've done it, I actually... I've had nights where a lot of the clients can't really shoot a bow that great. I've got a 12 foot pole with a five foot—I mean a five, a 15 inch wide giggle on the end of it. And we'll get on top of them and they'll giggle them. And it's, it's really cool because when they when they have issues with the bows, they can actually giggle them. And still end up killing a few. So. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. What color light do you use on the boat at night? I have—they're uh, called high pressure sodiums. Uh, they're 400 watts. They're really like a warm white. Warm white, in my opinion, is the best light you can buy or use. Um, a lot of Some people use the cool whites. Cool white's awesome for an area that is very clear water. But the, the warm white or the high-pressure sodiums, the HPS lights, they cut through muddy water very, very quickly. And
4: you have, you have a lot of them on the front of your boat, don't you?
5: I have six 400-watt uh, high-pressure sodium lights, and it's, they're 40,000 lumens apiece. So I got one. I got a 3,500 watt generator that runs just the lights, and then I got a 3,500 watt generator that runs just the trolling motor. So they draw. I mean, it, it it'll light up two, three hundred yards away in the boat.
4: If you don't do all that, you can get a bright spotlight with your buddy yep. on the front of the boat, spotlight and
5: been there, done that plenty <laughs> of times too.
4: Yep, it's all very effective.
5: They have a lot of spotlights that actually mount the bows. A lot of people buy a bow and mount spotlights right to the front of the bows. Mm-hmm. Almost like a like a sniper hog or a spotlight mm-hmm. that we use for predator hunting or coyotes, but they're just clear lights. and They work
4: hmm. really well. Hmm. All right, Can you want I to? I don't music know. Music. I'm, I, you we know. You jam <laughs> you. <laughs> we know. We know. Jimmy's coming in anywhere near. We hear the bumping yeah, I, and the. the to see the lights. Now, if
5: I'm anywhere, there's a law about houses. You have to be a certain distance away from houses. So. We're not shooting anywhere near houses or anything like that, but we're, when we're in a back of a creek and there's no houses around, that, the radio really doesn't affect them, but you also have motors running, generators running, everything. So, now, like he said, when, when you're. I always
4: fish with
2: music, and oh, new, that's I what's I, I the love same music. So, <laughs> I'm the same exact
5: way. I, I always have music going. But, like he was saying, when you're walking up to an area and everything is dead quiet, and you come trampling through the marsh grass or leaves or brush, it will spook them sometimes. I mean, there's times like last night we had an instance where we come into a creek and everything took off. I was, I, it hasn't been disturbed. I haven't shot it in probably two, three weeks. I guess there wasn't, it's not a, it's, the whole creek's probably a foot deep. And I think they just, they felt the vibration of the trolling motor or felt the push of the wake of the boat and everything took off and was really crap. So we had to do a little bit more digging. and finally got to the back of it and there was a few back air sitting, so. But they are very finicky. Mm-hmm. They are finicky mm-hmm. fish.
4: You can go out and catch a ton of them sometimes and go out and see them and not catch them and be extremely, extremely frustrated. It's. Oh. You Especially can have. Yeah, yeah, it's.
5: Yeah. I've been one day, I think it was a Friday or Saturday, we went in the morning and we caught probably 15 or 20. I mean, back to back to back in like two hours. Went back the next day and never even caught a fish. And we released every fish we caught. So it wasn't like you there took aren't them. no fish there. It was just.
1: <laughs>
4: So usually the frogs, they're more geared towards bass and snakeheads, which kind of go hand in hand. Typically, if your areas where snakeheads are, they're going to be bass. Same vice versa. Um, swim bait, you can catch them on. These are what these little. Guys there, The little paddle tail swim baits. They work for rockfish, um, bat, just about everything. Um, you can catch
5: white perch on swim baits. Yeah. On. It all depends on your bait, like he was saying. A lot of times, most of the time, you, when you're trying to catch a snakehead, you'll catch a lar- lot of largemouth bass mm-hmm. in the process. Or if you're bass fishing, there's a lot of guys like, I'm, I'm from over in Baltimore County. A lot of guys fish all the big tournaments over there for bass. Mm-hmm. Them boys are catching snakeheads nonstop. Yeah, and
4: if you're catching a bunch of bass, in one area, don't think that there's not a snakehead. They don't, it's not like they, especially bigger bass, they they live pretty they much live in
5: it. I mean, we've been boat fishing and had a largemouth here and a snakehead here within three foot of each other. They don't, they won't eat each other when they're that big. And, I mean, they always, largemouth eat snakehead fry all the time. Mm-hmm. The same, same vice versa, snakehead eat largemouth mm-hmm.
4: fry. I mean, but when they get like a certain size age, they just kind of <laughs> coincide <laughs> with each other. Yeah, they live together. Um, yeah, so if you're catching largemouth, don't count it out that there's not snakeheads there. There's chances are yeah. there's probably snakeheads there. Absolutely. I, I was
2: curious. So you them the like the d-
5: in certain areas I, 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 in certain areas, like we have missed a lot of Potomac River. Yeah, a lot
4: of these are fairly universal. I'll,
5: I'll go down to Potomac River. Like we had we shot a big tournament down there, it's called the Potomac River Big Five, and that was about a, three weeks ago and we seen I mean when I'm not exaggerating when I say over, probably a thousand plus largemouth. And we might have seen 15 or 20 uh, snakeheads. But the market and the drive for people down there for targeting snakeheads is astronomical. 90% of the time, most people that bass fish, they're releasing every single bass that they catch. Mm-hmm. A lot of people snakehead fishing are targeting them to eat them because it's such a good delicacy and mm-hmm. eat the fish. Mm-hmm. So.
4: And some restaurants are actually starting to sell them. I think, uh, what is it, Kentmore and... On Kent Island, they actually have it regularly on the menu and they get it from people like Jimmy and stuff and the like
5: Last week, I've had three different restaurants contact me buy a snakehead flakes. Nope. From back in Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I said, I'm a commercial waterman. I have a TFL and all kind of licensing and stuff to sell anywhere from crab. I'm a commercial crabber, fisher, and bow fisherman. And we sell any kind of fish that's legal to sell, we sell. So. Uh, restaurants now are really starting to pick up on it. Oh, everybody wants snakehead. They keep asking for snakehead. You Get snakehead.
3: Oh yeah, we got plenty of it. We will. So, yep. anything else we want? Getting into that portion, it's my favorite segment. We're going to talk about how to cook them.
5: <laughs> so, I
3: went. I actually believe it or not, somehow selling guns. I actually went to culinary school. So this is. I get really excited when I talk about cooking them. <laughs> As you can tell, yeah. (laughs) Me too. This is self-made. I can tell you that, but (laughs) introducing it to someone, there's nothing wrong. with a little bit of just like a fried snakehead ball. There's nothing wrong with it. Cut them into one-inch strips. I personally like to use my binder of Frank's Red Hot. The wing sauce works really well. Mm I I won't lie. I stole this straight off YouTube. I didn't make this (laughs) up, but. Frank's Red Hot Wings put into your like breading, fry it, just pan fry it. It gives it a little bit of spice. It's fantastic on like a taco, anything like that. Snakehead tacos. (laughs) Now, my hands down favorite way to make it is a blackened snakehead over like a cheesy rice with a little bit of gravy had it actually down in Louisiana with catfish and I've recreated it with snakehead. It's phenomenal. I use actually the Traeger Black and Sasaskawan seasoning and you just powder it up real good. Don't be shy on the seasoning. Into the oven, let it cook. In the meantime, go ahead and make your cheesy rice. You can be cheap like me. I just go with the old rice aroni mix. You know what I mean? Right from the dollar store. Put that on there a little bit of just, I find actually, believe it or not, beef stock tastes really good with it. Digging that up with the gravy, pour it on top, it's fantastic. Once again, don't tell them it's snakehead. It's rockfish, it's catfish. They will not know the difference. I've made fish and chips with it. I mean, it's so versatile, you'll be astonished what you can do with it. I brought poor man's lobster. I've actually have steamed the fish, shredded it, and used it as crab dip. Just,
5: a lot of people make uh, fish cakes on um, mm-hmm. Crab cake, with fish cakes. Yep. My favorite way is smoking. I've had somebody smoke it for me. It was only like three or four weeks ago. I was like, wow. Yep. Yeah, it's it's
3: phenomenal. Smoke. It um, is.
2: It really is good.
3: Now, the big thing is when you clean them, because unfortunately they do carry parasites, keep an eye out for them. Luckily, the meat is so white you can see it easily. Just cut it out, cut around it, and it's fine. You had a question?
5: I was going to ask you if you scale
3: it or you skin it. I personally skin mine. Mm -hmm. Luckily, so their scales are very strong. That's why it's very important to also have a good fillet knife with them.
4: Yes.
5: Bubble
3: Yep. That's my favorite. (laughs) That's what I use. That 9-inch
5: bubble blade is by far my favorite fillet knife that there exists. I mean, they're razor, razor sharp. They got like a really, really weird—not weird, but sticky, sticky grip on them. And like, I mean, you can pass around and feel it when you're when you're flying a snakehead. They're everything slimy, but these yep. blades, the, the bubble blades, they have like a weird textured grip on it that your hand literally just snicks to. And they got the nine inch seven inch and then the smaller ones.
3: I actually use the seven inch. I don't use the nine.
5: I like I I like big knives. (laughs) Well you can you you, you big fish. Okay, yeah. Last night we shot a twelve, a fourteen, and a fifteen pounder. And that was all in with one little cove. I mean there's some of them that fifteen pounder is thirty four inches long. they're giant, giant fish. Mm -hmm so
1: and that's so why like, like a regular i mm-hmm. like identical. Cut, yeah, <laughs>
5: cut right, down, it's right it's down. down a lot of people don't realize this that one of the absolute best pieces of meat on a snakehead is the cheek patch yep A lot of people, like a walleye I mean it's literally a little tiny circle like a plate yeah. about a half I don't know half, half dollar half dollar yeah like a that's scallop about the size, scallop half size. A dollar, and it's like a scallop size piece of Piece of meat on the cheat
4: patch, and they are absolutely amazing. I know a lot of people that eat the roe out of them. I
5: don't.
3: But, but, I, I got I got an aunt who doesn't. I don't eat I, that. i uh, <laughs> I don't eat roe personally.
5: There's but, a lot of people that eat that though. I mean, I have
3: people all the time asking for it. But I, I have, I'm gonna pass on that one. I I pass on
5: that one too. I mm. but I eat a work. lot
3: of weird things. That's a little too far out there for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But anything you do shellfish wise, fish wise, you can recreate. Don't shy away from keeping one. They're actually extremely easy to clean. Once you make that, once you pull that fin up, make your cut behind, you can run it all the way down to the tail. Their pin bone section, they actually don't have a very big pin bone section. What would you say, maybe four or five inches on a big one?
5: Yeah, like all the way down towards the back belly. Yeah. The pin bone section is definitely that's where a lot of people will be like, oh they're bony fish. They are bony fish, but if you that it's literally like they're kinda of a little bit bigger than the size of a needle. I don't know. Yes. Little pin bones is what they're called. And that's the only really hard part about cleaning them is that pin bone section. Yep. The whole top half around the head that slides all the way back down the back fin. I mean that whole front half is a massive chunk of meat. Yep. I think the fifteen pounders last night the no, one fifteen pounder, one of the one fillet
3: on one side was like four pound fillet, mm-hmm. four and a half pound fillet. It's like eight pounds of meat on one fish. It's pretty good. Oh yeah, and like I said, hands down my favorite fish to eat. Taste is phenomenal. It's fantastic to catch. There's a there's a reason they're arguably, arguably probably the number one targeted fish in Maryland, in both you know. Offshore and inshore.
5: It, they've got to run into a rockfish right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people targeting snakehead. Just about, I'd say, about the same as rockfish.
4: Because I feel like it's a lot easier to...
5: You don't need all the resources. Right, you don't, you don't need, need
4: a boat. You, you can catch run. them and be very successful from shore, from a kayak. You don't need a giant expensive boat to run out and find the fits There's You know, ponds, lakes. You don't
2: have to worry about regulations. Right.
4: That's the other thing. Any size, any size you catch, you can keep.
5: No size limit. The only regulation is if you transport it, it must be dispatched. Yeah. And However, if you're not transporting it, a lot of people, a lot of people are not very knowledgeable on this. If I catch a snakehead, I I can 100% unhook it and let it go back in the exact same spot that I caught it. I can't catch a snakehead, get in my boat, and drive 20 minutes down the river and release it. That's technically illegal. Yep. You have to catch it and release it from the exact same spot. But which a lot of people are starting to do. Legally, there is no state of Maryland Department of Natural Resources can't tell you you have to kill it. That was one of the big arguments about it. Now
2: I could channel blue, a blue channel cat. <laughs> Basically,
5: blue cats, <laughs> channel cats, I mean, they are invasive species. Mm-hmm. Which they, they recommend you do kill them. However, it's not mandatory. And, as long as it's the, the same body of I'm okay. sorry?
2: I thought that there was a law for that, and that you had to kill it if you caught a uh, um, uh, uh, blue cat. And the blue cats that
5: they say are very invasive right now. Yeah, so you're not they're supposed that. to transport them. You can release them in the same body of water that you catch them from, but mm-hmm. you're not supposed to transport them. That's the yeah. same thing with the snakehead. There yep. are a few of them swimming around with tags on them. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh-huh. The same thing with a couple of them. Yeah, like yep. a snakehead. There's a bunch of $10 tags and quite a few $200 tags. Mm-hmm. So Money D-N-R- just shot a two hundred mm-hmm. Yeah, so the DNR they go they go around the big shock boats. They did a massive, massive study down on the Potomac River. Actually it was really Virginia that did it, but Potomac River one side's Maryland, one side Virginia. Yeah, by uh, Smallwood. Uh, actually it's called a little hunting creek. They tagged hundreds River, and hundreds right. and hundreds of snakeheads. It's right across it's a little bit north of Smallwood, I believe. Yep. Right across from um Fort Washington. Yep. Fort Washington, right across from there, is a little bridge, it's and you go under it. Everybody knows about it up there, and it's yeah. called Little Hunting Creek. And they tagged, they shot, they went through with the shock boat, caught all these it fish. And just did over, over the northeast rubber, too. Yep, they did up to, up north. Yes sir. yes, sir.
3: But those blue catfish actually have more of an environmental impact than the snakeheads did. One
2: million percent. Because
4: mm-hmm. blue long cats long never long. stop eating; they will eat literally everything. I just everything. One
2: yesterday, blue catfish. I wanted to see what he was eating, so I opened his guts up on the on the boat. He had nothing in there, okay? I put him in my live well because I figured I'd bring him back to the house whatever. I don't know what I was going to do with it. Three hours later, I got back, and he was in the live, and he was still swimming with his guts wide open.
4: Yeah, in they're... The
2: Blue cats are one of the most that's detrimental unbelievable. fish to in Maryland It's
4: because they get online. large too and they will eat.
2: I actually ended up throwing them out of the boat back into the river, but we live on the Bahamia River. Right? Yeah. Okay. We've, caught blue, we've caught blue cats
5: down in Potomac River upwards of 80 pounds. Up here, our biggest one ever, I think, was 57 or 58 pounds. And that's right here, like I said, Baltimore County is where I live. We commercial fish. Blue cats one of our number one fish that we target in the commercial industry. And I mean, we found that blue cats, and some days we we'll catch thousands and thousands of pounds a day. Come back the following week and we'll catch another well, couple of so thousand.
2: those fish pounds. traps, the ones that are, they have the uh, holes yep, in the ground. Yep, that's what they pound. Net. Is that what mm-hmm. they pound? That's yes, what they call. Yep. That's what they're really looking for. They're trying to catch any kind catfish of catfish shed. Yeah,
5: just about anything. But rockfish, we're not allowed to keep until June 1st, and you have to have a quota for that. So. But that's, that's a whole different bowl game. Talking about that. Yeah, I know. Yep. But blue cats are definitely one of our number one fish that we target. I mean, blue cats taste amazing, too. I don't know if anybody's ever eaten them, but they, don't get me wrong, I'm going to take a snakehead over a blue cat any day of the week. But blue cats taste very, very good mm-hmm. if you eat them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people always say, oh, catfish. Are, a lot of people don't like catfish. I'm Channel one. cats. I'm one. I don't Channel, like catfish. Have you tried blue cats? I have. Oh man, that's crazy. I don't know if it's so because who cooked are, it for me, but. Yeah, so a lot of people say Put Jeff, that more I, that sauce on there. I know it. <laughs> I, I personally don't like Channel Cats. Uh, I, I just never been a fan of eating them, but when I tried a Blue Cat for the first time, I was like, wow, it, oh. way, t- Blue Cats really they taste way better than Channel one. Yep. Hmm.
3: Any questions? Do I need to give out more secret recipes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Anybody have any questions about stuff that we have in the store? I mean, anything go to, rods, lures, line, anything. What would we get for a setup? What would be a good
3: setup? Are you talking spinning or bait casting?
5: Uh, spinning.
3: Spinning? So, I'll bring I'll actually walk right over to you. That way I don't have to sit there and go, oh, well, it's this. I'm going to come over to you. So, this is a Fenwick. I recommend a medium action. A lot of the spinning rods are medium light. Unfortunately, it's hard to find a medium heavy spinning rod that's not, you know, like eight foot long, but there's a medium rod. I actually have a lose on here. Um, we have a lot of other ones in here that are great. Anything you can crank down that drag on because really the biggest thing is you don't want it to, you know, if I'm fishing in kayak, I want to get that fish to me as quickly as possible. Because if I'm in that kayak and I have my drag loose, it's going to pull me into some kind of lily pad structure, and unfortunately, after that, I'm probably going to lose it. Uh, if
5: you start cranking, you just keep
3: cranking. Oh yeah, I don't stop reeling. That's why it's really important to have a heavy-duty braid on here. This is actually a lighter braid right now because I was actually going sp- particularly after bass, ended up catching a snakehead, of course, <laughs> but um, usually on my Spinning reels, I'll run minimum like well, maximum around 20, because braid is stronger. I'll run a 20, but I mean, you guys can pass that around if you want. Just make sure you don't hit a sprinkler, please. <laughs>
4: <laughs> don't. You can break the rod, just don't hit the sprinkler. Don't hit the sprinkler.
5: The
3: rod I can replace.
5: <laughs> People laugh all the time when I say, man, I, and these guys will probably watch for it. One of the best bangs for the buck, in my opinion, is an ugly stick. Yeah. I mean, yep. them, they're, they're cheaper on the totem pole and they, they'll last a long,
4: long time. It's something you don't need a ton of sensitivity for because typically you're using moving baits like a frog, things like that. You don't need to feel the bite because you can see the bite. You can, you know, so you don't need to. I personally, I like high end stuff. It's just, I've always been that way. But you don't need something high end. You can go Ugly Sticks. They're 40, 50, 60 bucks and be just fine and do just as well as I do. It's one of those.
5: And like, that, he, like he said, there's definitely we have our higher end options, obviously, mm-hmm. which he's very, very knowledgeable on. So it's really all dependent on your budget and what you want to spend and what you want to do with it. Yeah, just about anything will work. However, the the, the more higher end you get, the better off you're. Yeah, get. yep. But,
4: but always use what you can afford. You don't have to buy a three hundred dollar rod to catch snakeheads. You know, it's not. It's up to the person, honestly.
3: Yep. When I just first a, started catching them, I was using. A silver max combo that cost me like fifty bucks. Yeah, rod, rod and reel.
4: Yep.
5: The same exact thing goes for like the bow fishing aspect of it. I mean, we have high high end rods and high and low end rods. This rod right here is what I use for most of my clients. I mean, this rod, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good rod. That's what I use for most of my clients. It's probably four hundred dollars setup for the entire thing, bow, reel, and everything. Now, when you like, these are my tournament bows. I got fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars just in this one bow and reel. And they both work perfectly Good fine. Time. However, it's all about what you're using it for and how how high end you want to go with them. That's actually one of my wa- that's my wife's boat. She boat fishes with me all the time. The purple and the yellow. She she wanted that, so yeah. I built that. For Ravens. Her that's Thank you. that's around the thousand dollars just for the whole setup. So it's all different aspects of it. I mean, we got what's a high end reel over there? High end rod and reel combo. Shimano. I mean,
4: Shimano, I, was probably, say. Huh. I mean. Some of these are six hundred bucks, six seven hundred bucks.
2: Just one. You got a hell of a bunch, hell of a bunch of uh, rods out there, and just bought two when I walked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thirty percent off. Yep. I couldn't pass up. Absolutely. Those lose rods. My frog and
3: My frog. and stick right there. That's one of the ones straight from that bucket. Uh, yep. I saw them.
2: I didn't walk by them. Yeah. You walked by. them. That's right. That's what I'm oh. saying. It, it doesn't and I've matter. I've got so many fishing rods, you. I don't even want to tell you how many fishing rods I have. <laughs> oh, I get it. I know exactly what you mean. We all do. I like promise. I need a rod. That's the one
3: that's the one thing I won't tell my wife about.
2: Yeah, <laughs> she was with me, so I couldn't do
5: it. Oh. No. What do they say? It's like, well, oh, when I pass away my wife's gonna sell what I sold it for. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bad idea. Don't yep. do that. <laughs> So what I bought it for?
3: Scared, it. scared to, scared to know what it's going to sell for at the yard sale.
5: <laughs> Mine's very supportive. I got a daughter; she's right down the steps there, goofing off. That's her making all that noise. But she bow fishes with us. She goes rod and reel fishing with us. She loves it. I mean, one of my number one things is getting the youth involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, we take, I take youth all the time. Bow fishing, take them rod and reel fishing. I mean, the youth are next generation. If you don't get them into it, we're not going to have that. For you. Getting the youth in it is huge, huge,
4: huge to us. And it's very fortunate that Maryland has the snakehead population we do because it is fun and it's, it can be easy for kids to basically. I mean, some of these you can just, like this frog, you can literally throw out and just reel. You don't have to do anything special. You don't have to work the rod. You can just have a kid throw it out and reel and they can be successful. So
3: That is the number one way I catch them actually, working yeah. through the lily pads because that snakehead's going to bite it regardless. Whether I'm sitting there twitching it, making my arm fall off because I'm tired of working the rod so much, I'll sit there and I'll just simply just reel it. And like I said, you'll see them come out. All right. I need to start getting ready. Boom.
5: Yeah. Awesome feeling. I mean, sometimes it's as easy as the bobber and the hook trick. Take yep. Take a bobber, take a hook, put a hook underneath of it, 12, 24 inches, throw a live minnow in it, and cast it out. The kid will sit there and watch the bobber. Once the bobber goes down, they reel and they got mm-hmm. a it. A lot of times, like I was saying before, when them boys down there in Blackwater, I've done it myself, Blackwater, shooting them in the ditches. That's where 90% of the people were, are catching them right on the side of the road down there. Yep. And bobbers and hooks. Yep. Or throwing lures in there. Yep. That's one of and the that's, easiest places to yep. catch a snake yep. in my opinion. And the, when it's right. When they have yep. that lockjaw, it's not yep. <laughs>
3: it happen. And that bobber and hook is also super important to remember when you're in a very pressured spot. Where I caught my biggest snakehead was actually right still Pond Creek, right on the bridge. Uh, there is not a single day I ride past there, I don't see at least two, three vehicles.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, I caught it before the whole snakehead craze really took off. But going to a spot like that where I know they are getting hammered, people are constantly throwing lures at them, life ain't probably the answer. Let me go with the most natural setup I can do. Let the fish come to it. hmm because they've seen just about every lure there is at this point on the market, Absolutely. arguably, and that's now, why a lot
4: of companies are coming out with new stuff, new stuff yeah. to, beakley, you know, beakley. to show different presentation to fish. And
3: like we were just actually talking about earlier today, talking about when the chatterbait first came out back in 2004. <laughs> I remember how game-changing that was. It's the same thing. If I'm sitting there, I'm throwing a chatterbait, I'm not having any luck with it. I'm going to try a beetle spin. Something they may not have seen before, a little less flash, but hey, it's still a moving bait. I bet you you catch one. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to try different baits. <laughs> I've thrown crappie jigs and caught snakeheads just because
5: it's something different. The little Mips Blue Fox Vibrax is what the fish is. Yep. I mean, it's like a billiard. Right? Yeah, I mean, they'll eat just about anything. And yep. It's the craziest thing. I've caught them on rattle traps that I throw for rockfish and catch a 30, 30 40 inch rockfish. Or, I mean the, the fish was probably 14 or 16 inches long and it was on like a 6 or 7 inch rattle trap. <laughs> it couldn't even fit the fish in its mouth and a snake ate it. Yep. couldn't believe it, but I'm, I mean it, it happens. Just because you don't think it's going to work, it, it, it may. I mean, they're oddball fish. They yeah, are. <laughs> I mean, yep. They're not normal. It's not like a large largemouth.
3: Is there any more questions? Please let us know. All right,
4: we appreciate you guys coming out. out
3: guys, thank well, you well, so thank much. Thank you guys.
4: We really do appreciate please, it. Please
3: take your time, shop around.
4: Are we rolling though?
3: We are.
0: Well, I want to thank you, Karen, for your help. Uh, I'm pulling that off, I hope it was halfway interesting for you. It
1: actually was.
0: It's always a good time to come to Molly's. Easily found on Route 213 in Kennedyville, Maryland. Like I always like to say. And uh, no, nah, that was that was that was good. It was good. Uh, that is uh, seminar number one of five. So four more we to come this year. Uh, two, one more in June, two in July, two in August. Uh, I did go live on Instagram for a little bit. I actually, peaked really quick, and it kind of kind of dwindled off. But it was good for a Sunday, late Sunday afternoon. And we are southbound and down, headed home. Yeah. Here. So, Love, what what did you think, Love?
1: Um, yep, David, Michael, and wait, Jimmy. Well, first of all, the
0: pups are all kind of, they've been good today. All three have been in the truck. We did leave it running with the air on. Oh, we did. We always do
1: that. Yep, David, um, Michael, and Jimmy all did a really good job of making me want to go snakehead fishing.
0: So, ride and reel or bow fishing?
1: Um, you know what? <laughs> I mean, Rotten Reel is obviously my go-to because that's what I'm familiar with. I want to try the boat fishing uh, side of things, but um, yeah, I just think it'd be a whole lot of fun. Right, Duca? I guess I should put my seatbelt. Yeah, probably. All right. Here we go. (laughs)
0: Drive, please. All right. I will continue to drive, but yes, Molly's is an awesome family business. Molly's is the title sponsor of the Pit Boss Podcast, Duke's trying to get into this into the shot. That's all right. Uh, Also, we want to thank our sponsors Crabs to Go. Wait a second, wait, there we go. All right, stop dinging. Crabs to Go, Dirty Duck Coffee, Duck Blind Bistro. I always butcher that. Bistro, it's Bistro, Bistro, Duck Blind, Duck Blind Bistro. I'm sorry, I'm a a mess. I'm not hot, but I'm a hot mess. Oh, man. Lastly but not least, our very good friend Steve Hoover of Duckwater Boats, which we guide from full-time in the world's largest duck boat. Yes, it is It is beeping. Love, thank you very much. I love you. Appreciate all your help that you do for me. And uh, until next time, thinking of you, we are. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Scoot (laughs) up. All right,
1: drive home safely, love.
0: I'm trying hard, trying hard. Two
1: hours!